Benedict College just has Savannah State's number. Norfolk State is losing a key part of their football team, and Jackson State's women's basketball team is dominating the swag. Oh yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, the mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And today's episode is brought to us by Sonos. Experience the game like never before with Sonos Arc. The premium smart soundbar for TV, music, movies, and more. Visit Sonos.com to learn more. And listen, I've been the biggest advocate for Savannah State's women's basketball team. I've, I've dubbed them my second favorite basketball team right there behind my alma mater, of course. You know, that's just that's just natural, okay? So really, when you want to look at it, objectively speaking, they might be my favorite. I enjoy this team. I've done all of that jazz, right? I've talked about them. But for some reason... They just can't get this one done. And I regret to form to inform my loyal listeners that Savannah State, yes, the 14-0 Savannah State Lady Tigers are now the 14-1 Savannah State Lady Tigers. The perfect season is no more. And I don't make this a kiss of, kiss of death situation because I've been rocking with them. And they have been following up victory after victory. And when you set history... And you end up going 14-0 to start the year. This isn't a case of kiss of death. This isn't a, a, a jinx or anything like that. That's not what this is. This is just a game where you happen to lose. I think the goal of perfection is something that everybody has. But when you look at it, it's doubtful that you're going to go the full season and not lose a game at all. It's just unlikely. So I don't want it to seem like them not reaching perfection equates to failure because it doesn't at all. Um, That just couldn't be farther from the truth, right? So let's look into what happened because the team that knocked them off is Benedict College. And it's something that we have talked about literally since the beginning. You know, we talked about them being 9-0, and and I think right after that, we discussed how they just could not beat Benedict College. It was a thorn in their side. We brought it up twice, both when they first was at 9-0 and and then also going into this game because this was a game that I had highlighted from the moment we talked about them and when they continued to win, they being Savannah State, when they continued to win and they continued to win and they kept chugging forward, this became a bigger profile matchup, right? One that we, we highlighted, they got postponed and then they got brought back just at a later time and the game ended up happening and Benedict College... They came through with it, and that's simply what happened. And that brings their record to 5-0 and versus Savannah State since they've entered the SEAC. They lost before that, so the record all time is 5-1, and but that one victory for Savannah State came in 2003. It's 2022. That's almost two decades ago, right? So when you're looking at the most recent history between these two teams, it's been all Benedict College. Um, 
If you're trying to call Savannah, just go holler at Benedict. They got their number. I promise you they'll know how to get, get in contact with them. And when you look at this game specifically, Savannah State was able to win the turnover battle, just as I predicted would happen. They had 14 steals on, on the game, only had 15 turnovers of their own. They got points off of those turnovers. But where did they fail? Because there had to be a reason that they lost. And they lost because their defense absolutely fell apart in the second half. And they led from the second minute of the game. They had a, they had a, uh, Bennett had a lead in the first minute. They didn't have another lead until the fourth quarter. That's a dominant defensive performance, you would think. But when you look at it, it's a tale of two halves. In the first half, Benedict only scored 19 points. 19 points in a half, not in a quarter, 19 points in a half. When you look at the second half production, I don't know what happened. I don't know, I don't know if they got the best halftime speech of all time. I have no clue. Maybe they got some Girl Scout cookies in there. I had some Girl Scout cookies today for like the first time ever. They were absolutely delicious. And I could imagine if I was struggling and they gave me some of these lemonade Girl Scout cookies that I just bought from Walmart, I'd probably come out and hoop the way they did in the second half as well. <laughs> because after 19 total points in the first half, they had 20 points or more. They had more than 20 points in both the third and fourth quarter apiece. Not combined, a piece. They're dominating, and if you want to know where the points came from, I'm immediately pointing at two players. That's Wakira Johnson-Kelly. That's one person. Wakira Johnson-Kelly and Keandra Archie, excuse me. Kelly was limited in the game because she only had 21 minutes due to foul trouble. That's why all of her points came in the second half. She had 15 points. Archie had 22 points in the second half, only had four in the first. Both of these are... Just small examples of what the, what the team as a whole looked like. Kelly, Johnson Kelly, excuse me. Archie could not score in the first half. Neither could that offense. Now when they come back and they scored 22 points in the second half, you're talking about Archie, 15 points in the second half, talking about Johnson Kelly. They outscored, they nearly outscored Savannah State in the second half themselves. Savannah State had 40 points in the second half. That duo had 37. Now, here's the thing. I'm isolating this game to say, A, what went wrong? Why did Savannah State lose? And then also, B, looking at the story of Benedict College's success over the Lady Tigers of Savannah State. But when you broaden it and you look at everything, it's much more favorable to Savannah State. You lose a SEAC game, okay, but you, you won your first eight. It's your first loss. Now, this does put Benedict to seven and two, so you're right there. And you would lose the tiebreaker technically, you know, but you are going to face each other again. But you would lose that tiebreaker if you guys had to face off. But that's okay. You're still sitting at the top of the conference. You're still having a fantastic season. This game does not derail your season. Or at least it doesn't have to. I know. I don't want to seem antithetical to what I was saying on Friday. Talking about how the mental warfare can really get going in your brain if you're Savannah State and you lose this game. I'm just looking at the more optimistic view. That was a more pessimistic outlook of it on Friday. But both sides of the coin are true. Both of these can happen. And it doesn't have to derail your season, like I said. But here's the thing. We're talking about isolation. We're talking about broad view, right? If I'm Savannah State, I'm isolating. But not in the way that I just started this podcast isolating this game. I'm isolating it within the, within the framework of a season, and I'm saying this is just one game. I'm not looking at the history 
of facing Benedict, I'm not looking at, man, I thought this year was going to be different. We're still losing to this team that's been a thorn in our side. I'm not doing anything or thinking about anything that can get me out of the right headspace. Because when you look at it, one, you have to face Benedict again. That could significantly hamper you in that second matchup if you're thinking, man, we just can't get by these guys. Use it as motivation, not as a, man, we just, this, they just have our number. Let's not look at it like that. And then also, if you look at it like, man, this is just like every other year, they got our number. If you're just not in the right headspace for tonight's game against Allen University, you're not going to get back on track. You're not going to be the juggernaut that you have been through the first 14 games. Juggernaut's the word of the day. Right? I'm going to define that coming into the next segment because I realized I forgot to define it at the start of the show. But if you don't have your head right, then you will not be everything that you are supposed to be. You will not be this dominant team that you have been. You are still at the top of the conference. You're still having a fantastic season. One loss does not mean that you are not as good as you have shown through the first 14 games of the year. And you just have to keep that mindset and keep it going. And going forward, I want to talk about Norfolk State because they are losing a key member of their football team that could have been re- could have been returning, but it looked like he's going on to move elsewhere and has entered the portal. So I want to talk about that. But first, I want to tell you guys about the Get Upside app because the other day I was driving in my car. I was on a different side of the city, but I was driving in my car and gas said three nineteen. Oh, when I tell you, I almost pulled over and said, "Oh my." Thankfully, I don't have to get any gas. But if you are in need of gas and you see that gas price say 319, hopefully you're saying, thankfully, I have the Get Upside app because they're allowing me to get 25 cents off per gallon every gallon when I'm filling up. And if you use the promo code SCORE, you're going to get an additional 25 cents off on your first fill up. That makes 50 cents off the gallon. Look, 269 might not look great, but it looks a lot better than 319. It's that simple. It looks a lot better than 319. And no more dreading to go to the pump. No more saying, man, I have to get gas because you're feeling good knowing that you have the Get Upside app and you're going to get 25 cents off per gallon. Some people save hundreds of dollars depending on how much you drive because the money goes right back to your card as soon as you pay. You pay the full amount and that 25 cents off per gallon goes right back to whatever card that you paid on it with. Get the Get Upside app now and start making your trips to the pump a little more pleasant. Alright families, we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU. Let me give the word of the day and it's Juggernaut, a massive force, campaign, movement, or object that crushes whatever is in its path. So that's what I was saying. That's exactly what Savannah State has been throughout the year and they have to get in the right headspace to continue to be that going forward. This one game does not have to derail what could be the rest of a very successful season, right? So that's your word of the day. Just had to define it because I want to make sure I do that, right? And Justin Reed has entered the transfer portal, and that's what we're going to be talking about on this segment of Locked on HBCU. Norfolk State, right, they're arguably their best part of their team last year was their offensive line. So this is a huge blow going into that, going for that team going into next season because, like I said, you could make a legitimate argument that I know they had Jawan Carter, which was the MIAC Offensive Player of the Year. I get it. I know they had him. But even with him being on that team, I think you could make a legitimate argument 
that the offensive line was the best part of that team. Offensive line, first off, was absolutely dominant. They have five starters. Four of those, four of those guys made the all-MEAC team. Of those four guys, they all made first team, by the way. Of those four guys, three of those guys made it to the FCS HBCU team. So when you're looking at Norfolk State, you're looking at a school that had three offensive linemen be regarded as the best amongst all HBCUs. That's MEAC, SWAC, Tennessee State, um, North Carolina A&T, Hampton. Norfolk State had some of the best offensive linemen in the FCS this year. Bar none, I don't care if you're talking about HBCUs or non-HBCUs, quite frankly, they had a dominant force. And when you're looking at it, of those guys, of those guys, oh, by the way, on the FCS team, they were voted as the best unit, the Norfolk State offensive line. They were voted as the best unit in all of HBCU football, just to hammer it home of just how good this unit was. But when looking at Justin Red of himself, well, Red is a two-time All-MEAC player, and this year he was voted as the best offensive lineman in the conference. Don't matter if you're talking about guards, centers, tackles. Don't matter if you're talking about Norfolk State or you're talking about South Carolina State. Justin Red was voted as the best offensive lineman in that conference. Also, like I said, he was also a second-team all-swag in 2019. So you're seeing him just continuously go up. This is the caliber of player that Norfolk State is losing going into the portal. And why do I say losing? Because I understand that going into the portal doesn't necessarily mean that, like, you're gone. That's that's true. Like, that's not what that means. But when I read his statement, I, I truthfully do think he's leaving. And let me tell you why. This is the statement. First, I want to start by thanking God by giving me the ability and skill set to play the game I love. I would also like to thank my family and teammates for believing in me. Lastly, I would like to thank Coach Scott, Coach Odoms, and Coach Sweet but especially Coach Tory for believing in a kid from Hampton. I want to thank Norfolk State University for everything they did for me while I was there. The friendships and bonds that I made will stay, will stay with me forever. But with that being said, I am now in the NCAA transfer portal with one year of eligibility remaining as a grad student. That's not an announcement that I'm going into the portal. That is a, that's a goodbye letter. That's you saying goodbye. Now, I know he has a lot of love for them. You can tell it's, it's, it's shown. It's shown through all of this. But when he said the friendships and bonds that I made will stay with me forever, man, that boy ain't coming back. He ain't coming back at all. I'm just telling you, he thanked all the coaches. That's cool. Maybe he comes back. Thank the man upstairs for giving him the ability to play. That might, that, that's, just, that's just stating thank God first, right? You hear that in every acceptance speech. That don't mean anything. But the bonds and friendships that I made will stay with me forever? Yeah, that guy is gone. I, I'm not even going to say that he's made his decision on where he's going to go. But I do know that he knows he's not coming back to Norfolk State. I would honestly be surprised if he returned after saying that. Because that sounds final. That sounds like a guy who has thought about this for quite a bit. And has come to his decision and said, I'm just not going to be here. Respectfully. And I think that as somebody who was the MEAC Offensive Lineman of the Year and a really talented right guard, he's going to have a lot of people banging down his door saying, we want to get you. We want to get you. I'm sure it's, it's already started. Toledo's offered him. A lot of other HBCUs have offered him. 
So it doesn't mean that he's just going to leave Norfolk State and go D1 or something. He might just, or he might go to like the FBS, excuse me. He might go to another HBCU. So I just think that he's moving on from Norfolk. So what is Norfolk losing? They're losing a player who was the best part of the best part of their team. That's going to affect you, especially when you're coming in with a new quarterback. You're returning a redshirt freshman running back who was first team on Miak, and he's a guy who you're going to need an offensive line ahead of him to block for him. That's, that's the kind of guy you're losing. That's a really tough blow. That's a really tough blow because you're likely going to try to lean on that running game, and he would have been a big part of that. Another thing that they're losing in red is that consistency factor of holding things together. Now, they had four guys make it on the All-MEAC team. So one positive thing, let's end it off on a positive note. One positive thing is that you're still going to have two of those guys. One graduated, then Red's leaving, but you're still going to have Demontre Smith, and you're still going to have uh, Kobe Bird. So if you're a Spartan fan and you want to look towards something that's positive, then just look at the fact that you're still returning two first-team All-MEAC type players on the offensive line. So going forward, before we wrap up today's episode, we're going to be talking about Jackson State. We're taking it over to the SWAC now, right? We've done the SEAC, we've talked about the MEAC, and now we're going to take it on over to the SWAC and, re and just recap one of the most dominant figures in SWAC basketball, men's or women's. That's Jackson State. But first, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online because they want to wish you a happy betting new year. Guys, we just watched one of the best games you will see in a long time josh allen patrick mahomes dueling it out great games now we're going to be seeing mahomes versus burrow now we're going to be seeing jimmy g and debo samuel versus sean mcveigh and matthew stafford and cooper cup i ain't gonna let me not show let me show some love to cooper cup these are things that you're going to want to put your money down on it's the playoff season all right we had a couple of underdogs come out with a victory and we had a couple of favorites come out with a victory Put your money down if it's football, if it's basketball that you're into, if it's just playing your favorite Vegas casino games. It really does not matter. Just don't wait. Don't hesitate and take advantage of all the amazing offers that are available in 2022. We just seen UFC 270. Nengano is still the champ and did it with wrestling. There's things to bet on, and bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Also, I want to tell you guys about my guys at Built Bar. They have something for everybody. I'm not just talking about the multitude of flavors because they have that. They have raspberry. They have chocolate chip brownie. They have anything that you could possibly want. But I'm not even talking about that, right? No, go get you some cookies and cream if you want to. But when I say they have something for everybody, I mean they have something for if you're a gym rat. It's a great protein bar for that. They have somebody who just wants to casually snack. They have some for that because they're tasty and delicious. And they also have something for somebody who just wanted to keep up their New Year's resolution of eating better. It's no more picking between taste or health. Built Bar gives you the best of both worlds. And they're going to give you only 4 grams of sugar, only 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. I can't find an excuse not to get this, right? Because Built Bar is absolutely delicious and they're going to help me and they're going to keep me consistent. No more getting to week 5 and saying... Yeah, I'm tired of this. I can't do it anymore. Now, I'm at week five, and I'm like, give me another pack right now. So go to Built.com and get that second pack using the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off the offer. All 
right, families, we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU. I want to talk about Jackson State because they absolutely dominated Bethune-Cookman. And you know what? I'm going to call a quick audible because that is the direction I was going to go with it. But you know what? I'm going to switch it up. Jackson State has absolutely dominated the swag. I was thinking if I wanted to specifically highlight this game or if I wanted to highlight just how good they have been. No, 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 I'm using the word dominant. If you hear me say dominant 27 times in this eight-minute span, then so be it. I just want to talk about how dominant that Jackson State's women's basketball team has been. And Bethune-Cookman just so happens to be their latest victim. And this game against Bethune-Cookman, just like the other games on this schedule, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty at all. And, well, I guess if if it was pretty, that kind of depends on who you ask. And not in the beauty is in the eye of the beholder way, but... If you ask the opponents, yeah, they're going to tell you this was an ugly game. But if you ask Jackson State fans, they're going to tell you this game was Beyonce, right? This game was absolutely beautiful. So it just depends on who you ask because they were absolutely dominant. Somebody at home, keep a track of how many times I say dominant and send it to me at South Exclusives on Twitter. I want to know how many times I said dominant during this, during this uh, segment, right? Let's talk about it. They have a case, they being Jackson State's women's basketball team, for being the most dominant team in the HBCU basketball landscape right now. And yes, that even includes Savannah State starting the year off at 14-0. Both of these teams have arguments, but we're talking about Jackson State right now. 26, 21, 27, 35, 24, 33. What are those numbers? They ain't the winning lottery numbers, so don't go try to play them. That's the margin of victory for Jackson State in every SWAC basketball game that they played up to this point. And I'm not worried about no kiss of death. I'm not worried about no podcast jinx. I'm going to talk about it because they've won by a margin, an average margin of 28 points per game. They are a juggernaut. They are a juggernaut. Listen, fam, you was coming in. They got Dylan Horton, one of the best scorers in the SWAC. And I think that's a really talented team. And I won't count anybody out. But the way that Jackson State is playing right now on that hardwood, it's going to be hard for them to be stopped by anybody. I don't care who it is. And let's, let's, let's bring up, let's play devil's advocate. When you have a team this good, it's kind of boring sometimes to just talk about how dominant they have been. But when we're talking about Jackson State's schedule, it hasn't been exceptionally tough. That's one thing you could probably say about them. It hasn't been exceptionally tough. But when you're beating teams by 28 points, I don't really want to hear about how tough the game is. Every team has been beaten by 20 or more points. But the one thing I'll say to that, right, is that they did play Alabama State. And Alabama State has only lost two games. They only lost two games. And one of those games was to Jackson State. They beat them by 21. They beat Prairie View, who only has three losses on the season. They're 4-3 in swipe play. They beat them by 35. Both of those teams have winning records within the conference. So it's not like they're just feeding on, on some bottom feeders and that's who they're, they're eating, right? It's not that. Yes, Bethune-Cookman has struggled and they are not good this year. They're only at 1-5. Yes, that is true. I'll give you that. But the game that they won by the largest margin was against a team that has a winning record right now. That was 35 points. So I don't want to I, – I, I understand – I understand the argument because I wanted to see, man, who are they playing that they're beating these guys by this much? When I look at it, man, they're playing some talented teams. They have two teams on, on their schedule, and you only play who's on your schedule. 
You only play who's on your schedule. And what they've done to the teams that are on their, on their schedule is absolutely crushed them. Let's look at something more than just margin of victory and who the games were against. Let's look, let's look at the two specific games of the previous one against Bethune-Cookman, which happened on Saturday. And let's look at Alabama State because that's the team that they beat with the best record. That's the best record that they have beaten this year, right? Let's look at Bethune-Cookman first. In that game, they out-rebounded out Bethune-Cookman by 33. Never trailed. They had more points in the paint than Bethune-Cookman scored as a team. All right, I told you, they won in five. Okay, they, they're the bottom feeders. Okay, I get it. I got you. Let's up the, let's up the degree of difficulty. Let's talk about Alabama State. They out-rebounded Alabama State by 13, and they had two 20-point scores. In this whole time, we've talked about them as a team, as a unit, and what they have done. Let's highlight the two women on this team that we talked about before conference play started, and that's Amisha Williams-Holiday and Deja Rogan. Both of these players have been absolutely balling. You look at Deja Rogan, she's been consistently scoring. She's been consistently adding point or adding onto the boards as well, like she did against Bethune Cookman. And then Amisha Williams Holiday, she coming for that swag player of the, of the year. Period, man. Ain't no more conversation about it. She is coming for that spot because she's had nine double doubles on the year. They only played like 14 games. So in over half the games that she's played, she's had a double double. Jackson State's been dominant, and she's leading the charge. Jackson State has two of the best players in the SWAC, and that's the reason over everything that they're going to be difficult to stop. When you have two players who are near the best in the conference, there's not many people who can say that. Point blank period. It just isn't. And that's why you're looking at Jackson State and saying, that's a juggernaut. You're looking at a team that has two players who are some of the best players in the conference. There's not many teams that are going to be able to match up with that. And you understand that each team or each team that they're facing understands that we have to take care of Williams Holiday. And then we also have to take care of Rogan. You might be able to stop one, stopping both, extremely doubtful. And that's the reason that they have won by a margin of 28 points since league play has started. Because ain't nobody been able to figure out how to stop them. It's that simple. It's almost as simple as making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And y'all know that I appreciate it. For your second listen of the day, make sure that you're checking out Locked On Bets hosted by your boy Q and Lee Sterling. They're going to give you analysis and breakdowns to get some more money into your pocket. It's free and available on all platforms. So that's free game for big gains. It's really that simple. If you don't want something that's going to add some money into your pockets, don't check it out. But I can't really understand why you wouldn't want to. Ain't nobody ever been mad with more money, right? So, in the meantime, in between time, y'all can catch me on that blue app, that bird, yes, Twitter, at South Exclusives. Come talk to me. I want to holler at you guys. And till the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.